0: Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to another special solo episode of the AEC Leadership Today podcast, where I'm beginning to dig deeper into the topics included in my upcoming new book on redesigning work. This is something I mentioned back in episode 88, and something I've been working on and testing in real time as part of my leadership and organizational development work for more than a year now, and can't wait for this book to launch and be able to share the entire solution framework. But today, I want to begin with the shifts, specifically the four major shifts emerging from all of the changes we've experienced and continue to work through that I believe have fundamentally changed the way we must lead and develop our teams and organizations if we want to sustainably grow and prosper in this new era, and do so while making a real difference and not burning out, all of which is truly possible should we choose to design for it.
1: The host of AEC Leadership Today is Pete Atherton, a professional engineer and former AEC principal and owner turned AEC coach and consultant. And now take a break from your never-ending to-do list and welcome Peter Atherton.
0: Well, let's dig right in. One of the benefits I have and enjoy... From having truly lived what it's like to be a principal and major owner of an AEC firm, but then being able to step away is having perspective. And specifically the perspective offered in the context of now being able to see patterns, meaningful patterns that I see express themselves, not only across leadership teams, firms, and disciplines throughout our industry, but across adjacent industries as well. With the benefit of both this direct knowledge and perspective, I'm drawn to also digging into the why behind the patterns and the change, as well as the resistance and reactions to it. All this being said, today I wanna focus on what I see as four major shifts that are fundamentally changing the way we must lead and develop our teams and organizations if we wanna sustainably grow and prosper in this new era. I will list the four shifts now and then break them down. Number one, the redefinition of winning. Number two, the shift of work from place to space. Number three, the shift to what I call the third way. And number four, the shift of performance from manager to teams and team success. The first two, the redefinition of winning and the shift of work from place to space are really societal shifts. And the second two, the third way, and the shift of performance from manager to team and team success are strategic and tactical shifts we must make in response as leaders in organizations. So number one, the redefinition of winning. This is the reality that most of our employees today including our top leaders, managers, and high potentials, want to win at both work and life and do so while making a difference and having a positive impact. Let me say that again. The reality is that most of our employees today, including our top leaders, managers, and high potentials, want to win at both work and life and do so while making a difference and having a positive impact. This is a long term trend accelerated forward and made real at scale as a result of COVID. This shift is also related to the desire for more work life balance and greater work life integration, but more powerful. More powerful because work life balance and integration are merely the conditions or mechanisms to help make winning at both work and life happen. The underlying desire to win at both work and life is what's more powerful. And it's what's driving decisions to leave or to stay or to more fully engage at work. So what changed with COVID? During COVID, particularly the early days, many of us, for the first time, had the time to think about work and life, where we were, where we wanted to be, and how we were tracking. And there was some revaluing. And decisions were made on what we value, what we value in terms of work, what we value in terms of life, and the role we want work to play in our lives. I refer to this as the Great Reset. However, for many leaders and leadership teams, this reset was or has been delayed. This is partly because of our busyness leading into the pandemic, needing to be on even more during the pandemic's early days then during the PPP phase, and then the Delta and Omicron back to the office starts and restart phases, all amongst the ongoing war for talent, great resignation, and concerns about the economy. So for many leaders in particular, the world has reset, and they've been too busy and consumed thus far to really notice. That said, no matter where we are, if we're going to be relevant and effective as leaders, we need to realize this shift has happened, and that even those on our teams and in our organizations who were all in for work before COVID may still be in, and in to win, but just not at the expense of winning at life as well. For most professionals, work will still be a big part of our overall success, and even identity it just won't be all of it for most moving forward. Unless that work is truly aligned with one's goals, interests, and passions. And even then, it may just be work or life season based. The bottom line here is that as leaders and leadership teams, we must realize that what's motivating most of our talent today has shifted. And that only creating pathways for top talent to win at work may cause us to miss out. Okay, let's talk now about shift number two, the shift of work from place to space. For most of us, our means of production has never been a factory floor. But before email, file sharing, and video tools, we did need an office, a place to be co-located face-to-face to meet, to talk, and to share information. But that's not the case anymore. Our true means of production and professional services in general, and in our industry specifically, is the cloud, our computers, and our smartphones, which we have access to in so many more physical places and virtual spaces, whether at home or otherwise. That's not to say the office has no use. I think it does, but its use must change if we're going to truly engage and get the most out of our talent. Because part of this shift from place to space is not only physical and related to means of production, it's also about people and culture. Not too long ago, work was a place with others, colleagues, not necessarily friends, or people we would associate outside of work or the company picnic but that has been changing. And now for the most part, we want work to be a space with a community of like-minded and valued people. We wanna work with others we feel aligned with, can respect, and may even wanna be friends with. And most importantly, based on the data, we wanna work with people with whom we feel seen, heard, valued, and that with which we belong. So, if as leaders and leadership teams, we are not thinking in terms of culture and community building by design, and not designing for success from anywhere within our teams and throughout our organizations, we may be missing this shift. Okay, so what do we do in the face of these first two shifts? Part of the answer lies in shift number three, the third way. The third way is about intentionally creating more and better spaces for real dialogue, understanding, and buy-in about the best ways to move forward. In some cases, this will be more about dialogue and understanding, and in other cases, as much or more about co-creating a better or more advantageous future path forward. The fact is, with so much change and with so many nuances, to how that change is affecting our teams, clients, firm and marketplace overall, the best path forward will not be your way or my way. It's going to be a third way or a fourth or a fifth or a sixth way forward, whatever it needs to be in order to get to the root of all of the issues and opportunities that then need to be either solved or leveraged. The key to success with the third way is the design and the successful execution of more safe and inclusive spaces throughout our teams and organizations in both group and one-on-one settings. And if we as leaders and leadership teams are not intentionally encouraging and creating the conditions for this type of advanced employee engagement and collaboration, we run a huge risk of not building the type of connections and trust needed for success moving forward, which takes us to shift number four, the shift of performance from manager to teams and team success. If we take a step back, it becomes clear why burnout and unhealthy work stress mostly manifest at manager and principal levels. Earlier this year, I was working with a leadership team who was lamenting that there were bottlenecks at the manager level and really at the principal level by extension, because many or most of our principals are still so heavily involved in the work, which of course is not unusual. There was also lament that so many others, either managers themselves or even those just below the manager level, were not stepping up or taking advantage of the great opportunities to take on more and advance their careers like so many of them, myself included, were saying that they craved back in their day, whether that be back in the 1980s, 90s, or early 2000s. Bottlenecks are one thing, but there was also the acknowledgement that senior folks are being more negatively affected by heavy workloads and burnout, which is a big deal as burnout eventually leads to disengagement, which at senior levels affects the entire organization. This bottleneck and the very real phenomena of burnout and work stress flowing up in our organizations is related to our shape, the shape of our industry and the shape of our organizations by extension, which is more in the shape of an hourglass with very little to no middle than it is a pyramid as the way we had historically think about this. This is partly the result of the Great Recession 10 to 15 years ago when we lost or accepted very few new grads for that period. The fact is we just have fewer professionals in our industry and firms with the coveted 10 to 15 years experience. And without changing the way we approach project management and organizational design, our problems will only get worse. So back to this meeting earlier this year with a leadership team lamenting that there were various bottlenecks and frustrations at manager and principal levels. In response to the discussion, I began to map out the manager position. First was the statement and acknowledgement that project management is critical to business success and sits at the intersection of four critical elements, profit and loss, client service, employee engagement, and risk mitigation. And that each are getting harder to do. Our financial performance getting more scrutinized more often with ERP software, dashboards and reporting. Client service, as important as it is, really no longer being good enough with the emerging shift towards client experience. Along these lines, also the shift towards employee experience and the fact that employee engagement is more about energy and inspiration than just trying to find some discretionary effort. And with so many managers and leaders being busy and consumed, the lack of QA, QC, and in some cases, a lack of investment or follow through with the right type of training or processes or systems development forces more rework and puts us more at risk in terms of profit and loss, client service and employee engagement, a non-virtuous cycle for sure. All that said, we also began to talk about the dual and even triplicate day-to-day roles many project managers and principals have, or at least have until we learn how to grow and develop our teams. Over the past few decades, we have developed the doer manager and the doer seller, and in some cases, the doer seller manager. But in most all cases, the manager and the seller aspects added with little to no formal training, which just adds to the stress and confusion. And then I added one more layer. One more layer in terms of people and supervision. Project managers as supervisors often have the role of chasing down timesheets to help maintain and enforce utilization. They also have the challenge of performance reviews. Many completed late or last minute and most not leveraged for ideal outcomes, due to a lack of time, training, or learned interest. The startling fact remains that supervisors have a disproportionate impact on employee engagement and that the Gallup organization's self-reported number one most profound finding ever is that 70% of the variance of employee engagement is one's direct supervisor, not the firm or the leadership in general but one's direct supervisor in specific. And yet success today as a quote unquote people manager is more about teaching, coaching, mentoring, developing, and advocating for talent than supervision. All things that most people leaders and people managers are either not formally trained in or make the time for. So when we lay this all out, the importance of the manager position our lack of middle in terms of demographics and shape, our dual or triplicate roles, and the evolving needs and expectations for success on top of an already heavy and continuing to grow workload, we must ask ourselves, who can do this job? Superwoman or Superman can. The problem is, however, most of us have only so many superheroes in our organizations maybe five or 10%, and even if that high, and even if a percentage of those we have, were not deciding to opt out or dial back due to shift number one, wanting to win at both work and life, why would we want to base our project and work success on needing superheroes willing to continuously sacrifice for the firm? I'm being a bit dramatic here, but not too far off. So as an industry, And as individual leaders and leadership teams, does our path to success appear overwhelming, chaotic, or unwinnable to others? Those we want to attract, retain, or advance? Or if winnable, is it effectively a life sentence to 50 to 60-hour work weeks? The more forward-thinking firms I know and work with have shifted. They've shifted away from the superhero model of project success, and towards a model of teams and team success. This is a new model, and one with a number of new and different aspects and pieces, several of which we'll be sharing more about as part of our upcoming episodes. But for this episode today, I wanted to start with these four shifts. The redefinition of winning, the shift of work from place to space, the shift to the third way, and the shift of performance from manager to teams and team success. Because as I mentioned at the top, these are fundamentally changing everything about how we must lead and develop our teams and organizations. And once we can better understand these, we can begin to improve our overall ability to lead, create capacity within our teams and organizations, and position all parties to win as part of what I call the team success ecosystem which we'll certainly be talking more about. So until then, please reach out with any questions and please take care and stay safe. Well, that's a wrap. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to and rate this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to the show from. There are links on my website and in the show notes to do so. And please also share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. It really helps to continue to get us established and I truly appreciate that. And it also helps to get the word out to others so that together we can collectively grow and positively impact the lives of others, both inside and beyond our organizations.
1: Thanks for joining us on today's episode of AEC Leadership Today. If you want to stay relevant and effective and take your growth and prosperity to new levels, it's time to take action. To learn more about how Pete can help take you and your firm to the next level, visit www.actionsprove.com. That's www.actionsprove.com. See you next time on the AEC Leadership Today podcast.